Well, hey, Vine Church fam, welcome to EFAM Sunday 2022. It is such an honor and privilege to spend this time with you wherever you're watching around the world throughout the week, throughout the year. If I haven't had the opportunity to connect with you, my name is Tyler West. I get to serve as the founder and lead pastor of the Vine Church here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And if it is your first time here with us, we just want to say welcome. We would love to know where you are watching from around the world. If you'll just shoot in the comments where you're watching from, hey, maybe you have a question about our church you would like to connect with us, the best place to do that is go and download our free church app. Go to the vine.tv slash app. It's going to give you all sorts of information. It's going to show uh, what we believe at the Vine Church, when we gather together, what opportunities we have in, certain, in terms of ministries. It's going to have all the information you need. So make sure you download that for free today, or you can shoot us a message in the app or if you'd like to go old school, shoot us a message in social media or at hello at thevine.tv. We would love to welcome you with open arms and say thank you for spending time with us today. Now, for those that's not your first time with us, you can see we're in a little bit different setting today. Uh, we are not in our normal gathering spot at the downtown YMCA in Spartanburg, and this is why. Each and every year, we have our EFAM Sunday before Christmas. More on that in a second. Why do we do that? Well, we gather together as a family. We break bread together. We have have communion together and we posture our hearts in prayer and looking to Jesus alone for what he wants to do for and in and through us excuse me as we get ready to gather for the next time consider this your invitation we will be gathering at the YMCA specifically the Rob at the YMCA on Christmas Eve Eve that's Friday December 23rd this is your invite We've got some seats safe for you, and we would love to see your smiling face there. So if you want to go to the vine.tv slash Christmas, it's going to have all sorts of information on there. It's going to tell you where to park. You're going to see a link that's, let's, that says, hey, click this. Please let us know how many chairs we can set up and save for you, your friends and family that you bring. But also, we would love to know how many children under fifth grade are there because we want to make sure we have some activities for them to have fun because it's going to be an incredible night. We're going to have Vine Worship leading us in carols. We're going to end the night with a candlelight carol. Alex Hanby of Hope Rising Ministries, our pastoral advisor team, our teaching pastor, he's going to be bringing the message. It's going to be awesome. So go to thevine.tv slash Christmas. Invite your friends and family. Let them know it's Christmas Eve Eve. Hopefully nobody's got anything crazy going on, but we just want to serve you and we want to lift Jesus's name high. So make sure that you are a part of that. And two more dates that I got to get out there to you, actually three, is over the next two weeks on Christmas Sunday, December 25th, we're going to have our Christmas message streamed online. We will not gather in person. So we'll meet you here again as we stream throughout the week. But also on New Year's Day, January 1st, we have our winter Sabbath. So December 25th, and January 1st, we call those our winter Sabbath. And once again, why do we do that? Because we believe the best ministry we have is around our table and with our families. And each and every year, a lot of times we get the question is, why don't you, so you don't gather on some Sundays. And I want to, we want to just be honest with you. We do that because we trust Jesus is over it. As, 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 as Paul wrote back in the day, he Paul planted the seed, Apollos watered, but it is God that brought the growth. And so we don't, we don't think we have to meet all the time to do that. Sometimes we are called to take a sacrificial rest, and we are called to be obedient in that. And so what we do as a church family is we rest. We have a winter Sabbath and a summer Sabbath. So December 25th, 2022, and January 1st, 2023, we will be on our winter Sabbath, but we'll have new messages streaming for you, and we'd love to meet you right back here which leads to that third date I told you about, Sunday, January 8th, 
2023, we will gather back together at the downtown YMCA. We'll meet in the Tom, our normal meeting spot. Uh, we would love to see you there. You can actually go to our website, let us know. Go to thevine.tv and you can let us know. Uh, plan your visit. We want to make sure we get all the information in your hands so you know exactly where to go and exactly what to expect, which leads to the last thing, walking in obedience. Here at Divine Church, we believe in giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure to Jesus because it's all his to begin with. So each and every one of us step in faithful obedience to all that he's called us to do. And so we get the opportunity and the privilege to give back what Jesus has given us. And since we've launched, guys, Jesus, uh, man, it has just been incredible. We have crossed $200,000 that we've got to sow into global missions. I mean, it is incredible. What does that mean for us? Uh, for a church, uh, if you've ever got to hang out with us, we, we trust Jesus in everything that we do, but it means that over a thousand dollars a Sunday that we gather, we've got to sow into global missions. That's absolutely incredible. I can't wait to celebrate in our year in review what that looks like going forward as well. But we are so thankful that Jesus has given us the opportunity to, to help pregnancy centers, to help people who are searching uh, that are homeless, that, to help people who are in prison, to, to help uh, new mothers, to help uh, newborn children, to help foster children. We, we, we help churches. We help uh, organizations that, that walk beside and take next steps with others, things that we couldn't do physically, but Jesus has allowed us to support financially. And so I want to lay in front of you the opportunity. If you would like to join with us in getting the gospel to the ends of the earth, you can do that today at thevine.tv slash give or even give inside of our app. And this is what I want to tell you. We don't stand up here and, and say that we're trying to do this mega awesome thing. We're just trying to do the awesome thing that is spread the gospel of Jesus to the ends of the earth. We're not, you know, we're not trying to buy a Learjet. We're not trying to do all those things. So much so, I just want to let you, we're completely transparent. You will know where every dollar goes. If you'll go to thevine.tv slash give, you're going to see a, a little link on there that says the annual report. You can see where every dollar has went since the day we launched. And so I just want to say once again, thank you for being here today. Thank you for spending this time with us. And so let's dive into what Jesus has for for us today. So here we go. There's a reason I am where I am. Now, this is not perfected behind me. Maybe you're in the same boat, but today we're going to be learning through the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. Now, our Christmas tree, we've, we've joked and we've talked about this over the past few weeks. Our Christmas tree actually says some things about us that we may not realize, okay? Uh, we, we, we celebrated that the other week, but but many of us, when we think about our Christmas tree, it's, it's all, all kinds of shapes and sizes, right? Like some of us, how many folks have a real tree? Raise your hands. Maybe you can do it in the comments. Ready to go? No, I'm not talking about the camo, like a real Christmas tree. Let me make sure that works, right? You have a real, how many of us have a fake Christmas tree? Right, right. How many of us have a white Christmas tree or a or a blue Christmas tree, a purple Christmas tree, a multicolored Christmas tree, a green Christmas tree, a brown Christmas tree? If you got a brown Christmas tree, it's dead. Get it out of the house. It's time. It's gonna be stinking really soon. You didn't do the right thing, okay? Like wherever we are, many of us have Christmas trees this time of year, and and as you can see, most of the time our Christmas tree is placed in front of a window. How many of us have at least one Christmas tree, and it's usually placed near a front window, right? Right, many of us do, right? And, and some of us have multiple Christmas trees across multiple windows, or at least the main Christmas tree is out in the front window. And that's what we kind of want to talk about today. And that's what we've been talking about because isn't it beautiful when a car drives by in the darkness of night to see just those lights lit up? How soothing is that? You see, that's what Christmas is all about. A dark, weary world searching for the light. 
And so if you've got your Bible today, we're going to start in our anchor verse where we've been all the way through over these past few weeks in light of the world. And what this looks like is we're going to be in John 8, uh, verse 12. And Jesus says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. That is who Jesus is. And you know, this time of year, as we just talked about, as we gather together as a church family on this Sunday, not in our normal gathering spot, today I want to say all of us are going to be gathering with family, hopefully, prayerfully, over these next few days and weeks. Now, how many of us have the crazy member in the family? If your hand's not raised, you're the crazy one. I just want to let you know. I don't ask the crazy uncle in the family because I, I know that that's who I am. And that's okay. Like, I don't ask to raise hands. Maybe that's you and I. As a matter of fact, maybe you're the crazy one. When I said, what kind of Christmas tree do you have? You said, a Christmas tree cake. That's me. Like, that's you. Like, a Christmas tree cake is what it is. That's all you decorate. And then you're going to decorate it in and, and, and just eat it all up. Like, that's where you are. Like, all of us have some crazy folks in our family. And if we're going to be quite honest, and if I'm quite honest with you, where we are located here in the deep south, in the Bible Belt of the South, hang in here with me. Some of our trees don't branch, if you know what I'm saying. Like, some of hey, I, I know my there, there are gaps in my family tree where nobody cut down the tree, it just didn't branch. So wherever you are, I, I'm not gonna say that's why I'm crazy, but at the same time, that it probably has a little bit of something to do with that. And so that's what we're gonna dive into because the Christmas story is all about family, because all of us have family, all of us are gonna gather with family, all of us have a family tradition that we like to uphold. I've shared many of mine throughout the, the years, but one of my favorite things is as a family growing up on Christmas Eve, uh, my mother would let us open one present. We always got one present on Christmas Eve, and it was just enough, uh, you know, to entice us to be ready for Christmas Day. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to be in the familiar spot when it comes to the Christmas story, and I'm going to read this out loud to you. You're not going to see every verse on the screen, okay? But you're going to see kind of where we're stopping, and I want to talk about the family of Jesus as we learn through the Christmas tree. So once again, if you want to get to Matthew 1, Matthew 1, if you want to get there in your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'd love to get one to you free for the asking. The easiest way to do that today, free for the asking, is download our free church app. Go to thevine.tv slash app one more time. Download that. It's just going to ask for your telephone number to shoot you a link to our direct app. You're going to be able to uh, take notes on the sermon. You're going to be able to walk through everything, see past sermons, see all about our ministries. You're actually going to see a Bible tab in there that you can click on. So you will always have your Bible with you. Also, our Vine production team, I know I say our Vine production team, but Zach knows who he is. He's probably going to cut this out of the video because he doesn't like attention. He points to Jesus and all he does. But I really am thankful that Zach takes care of this every week. He's going to make sure that it's just below my chin because I'm not always best at setting this stuff up. So normally you're going to see the production value is not as beautiful as it usually is. And it's because I set up the camera today. God forbid. So Zach's going to make sure that the scripture is right there below me. So I'm going to dive in Matthew 1. We're going to be starting in verse 1. And let's learn about the family of Jesus. Of Jesus. I said genius, but Jesus is more than a genius. Of Jesus. Because here's the thing. It's called the genealogy of Jesus. 
Jesus, if you will, the family tree of Jesus, wherever you are right now. Remember, Matthew is writing this to a Jewish audience. And really quickly, as the Jewish audience is looking for the Messiah, the Savior, the one that will save them, for Matthew, we look at the other Gospels and we kind of glaze over this, but Matthew is showing the Jewish people that Jesus is of the lineage of David. If he wasn't of the lineage of David, it didn't matter to the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, the name that you have in Jewish culture is so very important that your name determined whether you could get a loan for a house, what job you would work in, where, who you would marry to. Like It had everything to do. So what branch of your family you were part of mattered. So Matthew was laying the groundwork and pointing the Jewish people, not just that Jesus is of the lineage of David, but all the way back to Abraham. And he says this, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brother. So really quick, let's look at Jesus' family tree. Right off the bat, we have Abraham. He starts with Abraham. You look in, and we talk about the faith hall of fame and, and how Abraham's faith was counted towards him. But when you read about Abraham, you learn something about him. He was a he 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 doubted his faith. He lied. As a matter of fact, if you look at, at Abraham, uh, he, he also is uh, an adulterer. How many of us have those in our family trees? This is the son of God who has this in his family tree. This is what we celebrate from Christmas. See, see, Abraham was there. If you remember, he had, a, he had a son named Ishmael and a son named Isaac. Isaac was the one that God fulfilled his promise through. Ishmael is the one that Abraham tried to fulfill his promise to. So goes on to say he has Isaac. Isaac goes on and has a son named Jacob. If you ever heard the story of Jacob and Esau, Jacob is literally known as the deceiver, the liar. Like that is his name before he meets God and he is renamed Israel. And that is where we get the 12 tribes from. So all the way right off the bat, it's not looking for a good, like a good start for Jesus from our account, right? Let's go on. It says this in verse 3. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Really quick on that. Before you go on, understand Judah here uh, is the father-in-law to Tamar. Okay, Tamar's husband passes away. Nobody would be with her. So Judah thinks that she's someone else, sleeps with her. She has her first son through Judah, who that is, is the father of Perez and Zerah. So there you go. All of a sudden, I don't know what you call that, but that's a messed up family tree because now all of a sudden you got brother cousins and husband uncles and all kinds of crazy good stuff. But all of a sudden now Jesus's family tree has a liar and a deceiver, has, all, has an adulterer in there, has a father-in-law sleeping with his daughter-in-law to have a son. It goes on in verse 3 to say, Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Abinadab, Abinadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon. What an awesome name, Salmon. Salmon goes on to be the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Really quick, Rahab was an idolater, if you will. She didn't believe she was a Canaanite. And when the Jewish people took the promised land, went into Jericho, Rahab not only was an idolater, she ran a brothel. So she was in a business, but a different kind of business. But out of all of Jericho, she was the only one who was spared, right? So we see that. So they have a son, and it says this. Salmon was the father of Boaz, that's his son, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Mother was Ruth. 
you ever read the story of Ruth and Boaz, one of the most beautiful love stories in the Bible. But Ruth, if you will, was an idolater. She was a Moabite. She didn't follow the Jewish traditions. Instead, when when Naomi, when her husband died and her father-in-law died, she comes back with Naomi and Ruth and Boaz meet together, right? So now look at Jesus' family tree. All of a sudden, we got people who weren't even in the faith in the first place being a part of the lineage of Abraham. It goes on to say this, Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of King David. David, the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. This is so important. When we talk about David, he's a man after God's own heart, right? Like he is the one you look up to. We read the Psalms. We get excited. Like we think of David and Goliath and fighting the giants in our life and how he was a shepherd out in the field and how he he snatched lambs from, from lions and bear's mouth. And just, he had 300 mighty warriors. Speaking of that, let me tell you about David. Uriah's wife. Uriah's wife? See, he slept with Uriah's wife while Uriah was off in battle. See, David should have been in battle, but instead he was looking on his rooftop at what he shouldn't have been. And instead of doing what God called him to do, he sat back and got comfortable in that. He not only had an affair with Uriah's wife, Uriah was one of his 300 mightiest warriors. Uriah comes home, he tries to deceive Uriah because Uriah can't understand why they're at war and David's calling him back home. And so since David couldn't deceive him, he sends Uriah to the front line so that Uriah is killed. So David is an adulterer and a murderer, yet he is a man after God's own heart. Look at Jesus, his family tree. Once again, look, many of our trees don't look so messed up now, do it? does it? Yet all of a sudden, it continues on. Matthew continues to write on. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram, Jehoram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amon, Amon, the father of Josiah, Josiah, the father of Jokonoah, and his brothers in time of exile to Babylon. After exile to Babylon, Jokonoah, Jekonoah, excuse me, was the father of Sheltel. Sheltel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Ahibihud. Abihud, the father of Elek. Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Akim, Akim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. That was a mouthful. I'm sorry for those who are biblical scholars of the names that I messed up. I grew up my whole life people mispronouncing my name, so I'm very sorry. Wherever you are, though, I just want to say Matthew laid the groundwork of the lineage of Jesus through his mother Mary all the way through. He's got adulterers. He's got idolaters. He's got sorcerers. He's got uh, people who weren't part of the faith. He's got murderers. He's got liars in there. He's got cheats in there. Jacob was one. You can find out how he was walking through that. Like all the way through, he's got those folks in there. Yet here we are celebrating him being our savior. Isn't it amazing? Like so many times in our life, we think we're too screwed up, we're too messed up for Jesus to be able to save, redeem, and walk in the fullness of life that Christmas allows us to have. Yet here we are so many times, we 
dread our family members. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I would move to say when it comes to uh, some of the crazy parts of family, when I say I'm the crazy part of the family, all of us have that. I'm sure I am. But Jesus's family tree doesn't look so perfect or pure, does it? See, so many times this is important to us. See, I'm talking to you about this when it comes to Jesus's genealogy because, you see, a family tree matters where the branches are. And as you can tell, I am not my sister when it comes to decorating trees. How these branches are floofed ain't nowhere near as good as they normally look. Because uh, when she gets a hold of that thing, man, it is gorgeous, it is beautiful, and it is something people want to behold, right? And so for each and every one of us, when it comes to that, what if this year we looked at the Christmas tree just a little bit differently? What if this year we looked at it being part of the family? If we were part of the family of God, that is what Christmas is all about. But what if this year we looked at the Christmas tree to pointing to something different? You know, many of us would say, uh, if you've ever studied history, many would say that the Christmas tree comes in from a pagan culture and you think that Jesus can't redeem it. And a lot of times, folks that are skeptics of Jesus push back at that. And many would say, well, there's a reason that the tree is pointing up because it's pointing to Jesus. But more importantly today, I would move to say that the tree is pointing to more than pointing up. What if today our Christmas tree actually points to the trees in the Bible? So maybe if it's a little bit different tree. So if you've got your Bible today, we're in Matthew 1. I want you to go all the way to Genesis 3. Genesis 3. And to keep turning left, it's the first book of the Bible. Normally, I don't have you flip through so many pages, but today I'm going to ask you to uh, just hang in there with me and see where I'm going with this. Now, really quickly, wherever this is, we're laying the groundwork. Remember Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and formless. Darkness was over the depth of the land. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness night. And there was morning and evening the very first day. That's day one. Day six, God makes man and Adam and Eve. And so all the way through, we get to this. And so God is in communion with Adam and Eve. They are meeting with God every day. And let's pick up in Genesis 3 verse 1. And it says this, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Whoa, a tree shows up. Look at here. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, all the way through, here's a tree that shows up at the beginning. So many times I grew up in church. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you, maybe you were in and out of church growing up. This kind of morphed into an apple all the way through, right? Like this was an apple when it came out and when folks talked about it. Uh, what if it was a Christmas tree cake? Whoa. What if that is what it was? Whatever it was, Eve said, Adam, you got to get some of this. And Adam was like, yep, I'm down. Let's go get some. So they eat the forbidden fruit, if you will. They go against God's will. They go against God's word. And let's see what happens in verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, this is God speaking, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Really quickly, like, I don't know about you, but uh, many of us, I just want to say, if your parents are still here on earth, spend time with them. Uh, I, I know that I'm going to get to spend time with my, my parents in heaven for eternity, and I'm so thankful for that. But treasure the times that Jesus gives you here as well. And I just want to tell you, in, in light of everything that's going on, we're never promised tomorrow, so it's definitely worth spending that time with your parents. Where am I going with this? So many times, you ever play hide and seek as a kid? See, this is where it comes from. We love being sought out. Like we love that the, that something is seeking us, that is searching for us, looking for us. Because we don't want to be lost; we want to be found. And so Adam and Eve are there, and God says, "Where are you?" There's not a sweeter sound than a parent calling their child out or calling their child's name. I know that that sounds crazy. It just as I grow older, I'm just reminded of that. And yet, all of a sudden, as a parent, God, Creator, God knows. He asked a question in which you already knew the answer. Now, parents, you know this right now. Have you been digging in your presence, right? You ask the kids that. Have, have you been eating candy you're not supposed to with chocolate all over their face, right? Like, no, that's always our answer. No, we've never done that. This is the situation that Adam and Eve were in. See, creator God makes them. He is in communion with them. He is meeting with them. They are having food. They're breaking bread together. And all of a sudden, this gets broken because of a snake in a tree. And that's more than that. It's broken because Adam and Eve chose that they knew better what they should do for their life than leaving their life in the hands of God, their very creator. And see, for each and every one of us, that is why Christmas is here. See, humanity was lost because of a tree, right? The tree in the middle of the garden. There, there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life, more on that in a second, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Adam and Eve ate of that, and because of a fruit of a tree, humanity, humanity died. Now, you say died, not, like you said, but didn't Adam live, live on, and we have all of this crazy thing? Because if Adam died right then and there, and Eve died right then and there, there's no way that she could be the mother of all the living that you see in Genesis 3. And what I'm talking about is not their physical death. Believe it or not, their physical death started right then, but their spiritual death happened immediately. See, all of us have a soul. When, when we think about this, what's really awesome, I've heard it explained this way, and I, I can't remember where, so forgive me if it was you. I want to make sure you have credit because the Holy Spirit was speaking through you. It's kind of like having a real Christmas tree, okay? All, of, all the folks that have a real Christmas tree know this. What happens if you don't water the tree? It dies, right? But eventually, even if you water the tree, it dies, right? Because of, here's the thing, well, how you get a real Christmas tree is you cut it off from its root, you cut it off from its source of life, and you bring it into your house, and you put all of your little ornaments on it, and you celebrate Christmas with it till eventually it starts turning brown or it starts to start, starts to stink. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. The moment that tree was cut down, it was already dying. As a matter of fact, it was already dead. It just physically showed signs of dying more slowly. That's the same for Adam and Eve. Their soul was dead that moment, but their physical death happened over time. See, when you look at the Christmas tree, you're going to look at it different this year, right? All of us, when we understand that, that is what Christmas is about. See, all of us without Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior are spiritually dead. We are born dead. And you say, there's no way that you were born dead. Spiritually, all of us are because Adam and Eve 
It shows this right here through the beginning of time, through creation itself. We see Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. We are born into sin. And you say, I, I'm not born into sin. I, I've known God. I grew up in church or I didn't grow up in church or I've known God my whole life. And I just want to say, if you think you've never been without sin, I promise you, if you're listening right now and understanding what I'm saying, you're older than two years old. I promise you, you sinned when you were two years old. I can't guarantee 100% anything, but I can guarantee 100%. At two years old, you were sinning. All of us were. We have all sinned. We have all lied. We have all fallen short. We have all done that. But the beauty is God didn't want to leave us in that state. He wanted to make a way for us through it. Let's see how he did that in verse 12 through 15. Because this church is Christmas. The man said, this is Adam. The woman you put me here, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from that tree and I ate it. Adam, Adam had to probably first thing he needed to do is build the doghouse because there's no doubt that he was in it. Let's be honest right here, right? Right? Verse 13, then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So the Lord God said to the serpent, this is Christmas church. So the Lord God said to the serpent, that is Satan, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Here's Christmas. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike and you will strike his heel. In other words, the Lord is saying, serpent, you haven't won. Right now in this moment, you think that death has defeated this creation, has defeated Adam and Eve, but I'm making a way for death to be defeated. And church, this is what Christmas is all about. This is the point of the story. Here it is, all the way through. Humanity was lost because of a tree, because we ate fruit of the wrong tree, so much so that God loved us enough to say, if you go on and read in Genesis 3, he banishes Adam and Eve from the garden because he guards the tree of life because he did not want us to stay forever in our deadly spiritual state. And so then all of a sudden he comes to us. This is what Christmas is about so that we no longer can be spiritually dead, but through him be spiritually alive just as we were created to be. And so we look to a tree. See, we have to celebrate we have to celebrate Christmas. Christmas points to God being with us, God communing with us again, because through Christ, he goes to a tree. He hangs on a tree for us. He dies for us, the death we deserve for our sin, loved us enough not to stay dead. He rises again on the third day so that we can have life and have it to the full. Oh, and by the way, he lived a life without sin. It was perfect, something we couldn't do, and he stands in our place for us. So each and every one of us have to understand that Christmas is really all about that. See, God's gift to us isn't under the tree. It was always on the tree. It was always Jesus. And so I just want to understand, and I want you to understand this. See, I read a lineage of Jesus in Matthew 1. But see, that was only his mother Mary's side. That is Mary, his mother's side. He had to be in the lineage of David all the way through, not only to fulfill the promise of God, but that is Mary's side because all of us through Christ get to be redeemed. But just a reminder, let me tell you about his father's side. Are you ready? Come on, John 1, 1. We've talked about it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
right? Through him, all things have been made. Without him, nothing was made that was not made through him. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's John 1, verse 1 through 5. John 1, 14 says this for each and every one of us. This is what Christmas is about. The Word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son sent from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Christmas. It's not just about a baby in a major. It is about God with us. God with us as we were created to be before sin entered in, before our spiritual death entered in, before we thought that we knew better how to lead our life and save ourselves than God himself who created us. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. See, so many times we have to understand the greatest gift God ever gave was himself to us through Christ Jesus. See, for each and every one of us today, that, that may be where we're struggling. We, we, we think Christmas is about the presents and come December 26th, it's all over. It's all over. There's, I, I've shared this all the way through. The Spirit smacked me in the face with this and I'm just going to be honest with you right now. There's a reason that New Year's is a week after Christmas because everything we put our hope in at Christmas that is anything but Christ will fail us and we'll go chase it on January 1st and by January 5th, that no longer satisfies and most of us just give up. That's why New Year's resolutions don't work. But yet, yet, instead of us trying to work our way to God, God came down and did the work for us through Jesus Christ. This is Christmas. See, God, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God is a gentleman, I've, I've, as, as we can explain. Here's the thing. God's not going to force you to follow him. God's not going to force you to love him. He loves you even if you don't love him, but he also loves you enough that he wants you to live fully who you were created to be, not who you think you should be dead in your sin. And you, so many would say right now, just quite honestly, you would say, well, if God loves me, why is this bad thing happening to me? Why would a loving God send anyone to hell? And I just want to tell you, heaven or hell is not God's choice. That is yours and mine. He gives us the free will to either surrender lordship of our life to him, surrender all that we are, surrender our soul, our spirit to him, or we choose to keep it for ourselves. See, Paul writes Rome and Romans, Romans, all the way through, if you've ever heard anybody talk about this, all have fallen short of, and, and all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life for each and every one of us. And so we have to understand this gift of God that is eternal life is found in Christ Jesus. And so today lays this invitation before you. Will you choose to continue to put your hope, your salvation in yourself and in your family tree or will you join and trust Jesus and be a part of his family tree? Because I just want to tell you, if you're an adulterer, if you've a murderer, if you have sinned, if you have fallen short, if you have lied, if you have deceived, if you have stolen, if you have gone against your parents, if you have not kept the Sabbath holy, if you have been an idol, you've worshipped everything, worshiped everything but Jesus, there's room for you and his family. All you got to do is receive the gift that is him. And so we have to understand that Christmas, Christmas, Christmas is always pointing to a tree. I love that we love decorating the tree, but the most beautiful tree that was ever decorated to me was a bloodstained cross where Jesus went for you and I to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And so today, will you trust Jesus? See, Christmas is summed up in the most famous verse in the Bible. 
John 3, 16 and 17 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What is he saying? God doesn't want to condemn you to stay condemned and, and dead in your sin. Instead, he came to us through Christ Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to live the perfect sinless life we couldn't live, getting us back in right standing with God, dying the death we deserve for our sins, being our substitute for us. And he loved us enough that he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day so that we can have life, so that we don't have to stay spiritually dead and hope that we can be fully spiritually alive on the other side of eternity. Instead, we get to be fully spiritually alive now as this physical body marches to death. And so today, will you trust Jesus? Will you take that? For those of us who have trusted Jesus, I hope today you are comforted. For others of us today, you're, you're questioning, you're, you, you have something right now. Many of you right now may have something. It feels like your heart is beating at your chest. And I want to tell you, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. That is Jesus knocking on the door of your heart, asking, will you let him in? just a moment, we're going to pray. We pray this prayer out loud as a family each and every week for the benefit of those coming to the faith. What this prayer is, is not uh, the words of this prayer doesn't save you, it's the faith. See, I, I led you down the Romans road in Romans 3.23 and 6.23. Romans 10.9 tells us uh, for each and every one of us, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him on the third day, we will be saved. That's what this prayer is, this faith. It is surrendering our spirit, surrendering ownership of our life to Christ, surrendering back to our Creator what He gave us so that we can be fully who He created us to be. Back in communion with God. Back in the cool of the garden. Back where He created us to be. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you re please repeat the words of this prayer out loud. We pray as a family together, wherever you're watching around the world, please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live, died the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. And if that's you today and you have for the first time surrendered your life to Christ, I want to tell you this is why we do what we do each and every week. We want to celebrate this decision with you. Each and every one of us who have trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, just as you have done now, would not be able to do it if someone didn't point us to him to begin with. And so what we want to do is celebrate this with you. And I'm going to count to the count of three, and I'm going to ask you for the first time you've ever prayed that prayer with faith, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Would you raise your hand? Now you say, Tyler, I don't know how you're going to see my hand. I just want to tell you God does. Hey, we would love to celebrate this decision with you. If you want to see that, I just want to tell you there are angels rejoicing just as loud as they were when Jesus' birth was announced to the shepherds because you have made this decision and you have trusted God. If you would like to get in contact with us, shoot us a message in our app. Reach out to us at hello at thevine.tv, prayer at thevine.tv. Shoot us a message on our socials. We want to celebrate this decision with you because here at the Vine Church, we want to help you continue to grow to be who you were created to be. And that happens at the local church. So we want to get you in touch with a local church 
near you. And for the rest of us, I just hope today you have been encouraged. I hope today that Jesus has reminded you each and every time we look at that Christmas tree, each and every time we look at what's happening, that we understand that it points to Jesus, it points to the cross, and that each and every one of us, instead of being spiritually dead, we can get to walk in newness of life through Christ Jesus. We don't have to have a tree burned down like Uncle Lewis had, right? You know what I'm talking about, Christmas Vacation fans. Instead, we get to be a part of the tree, the family of God. And that's the best thing that we can ever give anyone this Christmas season. Sorry, we had a little blip in the video there. So we just want to say, as I was just saying, the best Christmas gift you can give anyone this year is the gift of Jesus Christ. So we would love for each and every one of you uh, to join us for Christmas Eve Eve as we celebrate that together. But also just want to let you know today, as our Vine family is meeting corporately, we are going to be taking communion together. Maybe you have questions. Maybe communion was something you remember back uh, in the day uh, at church, or maybe it was something you had after you were confirmed or whatever. Whatever that looked like for you, maybe you got some questions. We would love to answer those, but realistically, the Word of God is the best answer for that. We would love for you to read Matthew 26, verse 26 through 28. Jesus tells us what that is, but basically, long story short, what it looks like is communion, is being able to be in right relationship with God again as we were in the garden. And those of us who are in Christ Jesus, who have trusted Him as our Lord and Savior, have communion with Him. We not only get to celebrate that here, but we get to look forward to it with anticipation for what is to come in eternity with Jesus Christ. So for each and every one of us, we just want to say thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope to see your smiling face on Christmas Eve Eve. If you can't make it then, we hope to see you again soon here, but also in person starting on January 8th, 2023 at the downtown YMCA. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and always remember the best is still yet to come.